I wake up every single day, I am who I say I am. And I get what I get because I live in beast mode. Stop being gazelle, you're not average. You're not even good, you were born to be great. What's going on world, welcome to another edition of the Secret to Success podcast. I'm your host CJ, joined by the Bayesian sensation, young Carl, fresh off the beach. Fresh off the the, the plane, back in the the, the mitten, uh, yeah, back with us, man. And uh, as uh, of always, join sun, join I believe remote from sunny Miami. Hey, I'm taking my I'm taking my talent down to South Beach, and I don't know if I'm coming back. I don't know <laughs> if I'm coming. Back. He took his talent to South Beach. So, I don't know if I'm coming back to Michigan. You ain't coming back to Cleveland. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. He's sitting down there in the uh, in the Ritz Carlton on South Beach while the rest of us work. Uh, so yeah, no shout out to E. And listen, man, um, you know our apologies. I'm working though. See, huh? I'm working. I want them to think I'm just on the. Uh, I didn't, start I didn't on say the what you was doing. Now you got a guilty conscience. That's on you. You know what I'm saying? If you got a guilty conscience because the rest of us still, you know, going hard while you on the beach, that's on you, player. Uh, I went hard first, and then I went. Oh, okay, to the beach. got you. Well, hey, you know, you, at least you, uh, at least you got your beach body ready down there. You know what I'm saying? You got the six pack out on no them, or doubt. what? Did you go uh, bare? Well, two point five. Did you go bare? Two point five. Yeah, two point five. Well, the hey, speed, the know? speedo. At, at least the speedo. You got the speedo? <laughs> no, 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 no. I also Michigan State, Michigan State football uh, 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 shorts. No. Hey, Martin no said you float on the beach with your leopards. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, no. Let's get into it, guys. Um, really quick, uh, man. Apologies for us missing last week, and I'll just be straight up with you guys. Um, you know, we had recorded something that we you know we wanted to put out and it was full of Kevin Durant and some other stuff and just kind of our opinions on that and then uh with the events that transpired um in, in the country you know those few days Wednesday Thursday um and and Friday you know we we just didn't think it would be appropriate you know to put that out at that time without having recorded another one uh Carl was in Barbados he was out of town in New York and I was kind of the only one who was like here so we didn't want to put the podcast out in its original format and, you know, because we had pre-recorded it and didn't want you guys, uh, you know, thinking that, you know, we weren't paying attention to, you know, what's going on in the news. And so today, man, um, you know, we will touch on it. We're not going to spend the whole episode talking about it, but we will touch on it. And you know how we do, guys. You guys know that we are solutions oriented. And I think Carl could probably speak for the fact that since we met E and since we started this company, you know, we understand that there are challenges. We really do. You know, we're, no, we're not oblivious to what's going on. We know what's going on. And so what we've done and what Eric has instilled in us, you see, I always called him Eric. That's how you know it's serious. What ET has instilled in us is that, okay, you know, there's a problem. Now, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do about the problem, whatever that is, like even like Carl can probably attest to the fact that even within our marriages, right? There was issues, Carl, that you might have had with, you know, Tamisha or I might have had with Candace where he was kind of like, yo, miss me with the sob story. Miss me with the complaining about it. What are you going to do to fix it? And so I think we've always taken a very proactive approach to everything that's going on in the community. So when we saw what happened last week, 
you know, devastated, of course, all of us. I mean, we're, we got me, Carl, and E have a group text message, and usually it's pretty lighthearted. And, you know, for a few days there, we were just like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, we, we saw it just like everybody else, devastated just like everybody else, and it seemed like it just kept getting worse. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I want to talk about today is, for real, solutions. Because that's what, you know, how we were raised, if you will, was, you know, to kind of talk about the solution. And so it kills me when, you know, everybody, you, you, you can do all the posting, you can, you know, you can, whatever you want to do, vent your frustrations, everything. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Right? And another thing that I'm looking at is like, you know, we we posted, you know, and I'll let E kind of speak on the Instagram post, but we kind of posted, you know, our thoughts. That's the thing you have to do. Like everybody has to post something. Like if you don't post something on Instagram to show that you're paying attention, you know, you're a terrible human being. And I think it's worse even for celebrities. Like everybody's waiting on their tweets and their posts. And I think it's kind of crazy because for me, I'm like, I've never looked to somebody else to see okay, how should I be feeling? And I've never waited on anybody else to provide a solution so that I could provide a solution. And so the way I said it to when people were calling my phone because we were out of town, we didn't do the podcast, we didn't post anything, you know, initially, you know, and, be, and that's because he was out of town and, you know, still getting his thoughts together and everything. You know, we didn't want to just, oh my God, you know, we're going to post something up just to make everybody feel good. But the thing I, you know, told people when they asked me, well, what should we do? I said, well, what do you do? Right. In a situation like this, when, when this type of devastation is happening, people always say, like, what are you going to do? What are you? And I say, do what you do. If you if you're an artist, like paint something, you know what I'm saying? Paint a mural that can inspire people. If you're if you're a singer or a rapper, like make a song that will inspire people. If you're a chef, like cook something for the local kids in the community. Like what we do is inspire and motivate and teach. And so that is where we use our gifts. Like if we were judges, if I was a judge, I would be, you know, giving greater sentences to those who were, you know, wronged and making sure that people didn't get sentences that didn't match the crime. If I was a politician, I'd be working to change laws so that, you know, whatever, you know, we, we could make these changes. We are none of those things. And so what we are as ETA is we motivate and inspire the world to be better. And so when people, it, it's funny when people ask, well, what are you guys doing or what are you going to do? We're going to do what God gave us the gift to do. Like, I'm not like, what, what am I, you want me to run out and, you know, start being a politician and stumping on, you know, uh, Capitol Hill? That's not what we do. That's not where our gift is. And so I think if everybody would stop looking to everybody else to say, what should I do in this situation? Tell me what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Whatever you can do, whatever's in your hands to do. Can you go down to a local elementary school and start teaching these kids to read? And, and I heard people saying, no, CJ, it's not about that. People getting killed in the street. We're trying to educate. I said, absolutely. Which is why our next generation, you know, especially of African-Americans needs to be even more prepared because we need more lawyers. We need more politicians. We need more judges. We need more teachers so that we can take these kids to the next level so that we have decision makers in place so that some of these things that are happening don't go unpunished so that some of these things that are happening aren't we don't have the grave injustice that we see sometimes because we're not represented enough so that is how we are addressing the problem i just want to know from everybody else how are you addressing the problem what are you using your gifts for you may not even like to speak so why are you worried about what eric thomas is going to do because that's what he does with his gift he speaks 
And so, E, I'll let you kind of talk about the Instagram post. But E posted, for those of you who haven't gone to Instagram, go to Instagram, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Go on Instagram and, you know, back, I don't know, five or six days and look at the post. Matter of fact, let, let me read it, E, if, if I could do that. Let me read it because I want to make sure people who are listening to this um, have context for, you know, what we're talking about so it makes sense. But it was funny because, you know, I, I had talked to E and, you know, he was like, man, he was like, he was like, I'm same as you. See, everybody keep hitting me up and I'm kind of confused because I've been doing this for so long. I've been doing this for 25 years. So, you know, when people ask me what I'm going, what am I going to do? I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. And so um, the picture of the post is a picture of E with a BTC shirt on, which is Break the Cycle, which is, you know, the old, you know, nonprofit that we had when I initially met E that he had for years and years and years. And so it was, I don't know how many years ago, but long before I've known Eric and I've known E 10 years now. And so this must have been 15, 16, 17 years ago. There's a picture on the top with E and he's speaking to some kids. And then there was a picture from the Saturday before the first um, murder um, and on the bottom. And so there's two pictures and both pictures, he's with the kids in the community. You can tell he's, you know, giving back, doing what he does. And the post said, Everybody keeps asking me what I think. I think the same thing I thought 25 years ago when I started my work in the community. I knew something needed to be done, and more specifically, I knew I had to be a part of the solution. By spending time in elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, and juvenile justice facilities, I'm giving back. And by creating and releasing over well over 500 creating and releasing well over 500 motivational inspirational videos I chose to follow the example of our ancestors with more action and less talk am I grieving absolutely but the grief pushed me into action long before the anguish sadness and horror of the last 48 hours that unfolded I'm not a politician mayor police chief detective or a judge I use my gifts to push people towards leading a phenomenal life what are you allowing your grief and gifts to produce here's a pic from almost 20 years ago followed by another from last weekend before the latest tra tragedies. Discouraged but not defeated, E.T. And so with that being said, E, I, I said my piece. Um, you can kind of go from there. Yeah, well, the first thing I want to say, C, I think is important, Carl, is we, we can't allow uh, this devastation to divide us. And I think that's the biggest problem. I think what I'm running across is everybody who believes we should march believes everybody should march. You know, everybody who believes uh, in legislation it believes that everybody should be involved in legislation. You know, and so I, I want us to be careful that we do not allow this devastation to divide us, but that we allow the devastation to unite us. And what I mean by that is Martin Luther King decided to march. He decided to lead sit-ins. Uh, he decided in prison to use the pen also as a mighty tool for injustice. Uh, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, um, they, they chose a different route. Harriet Tubman specifically chose to physically lead people from the south to the north. Uh, 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 people like Thurgood Marshall did it in, from a legislative platform. Uh, people like Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois did it from an educational standpoint. So, so I think we ought, to, we ought to be very cautious about uh, believing that because you have a certain way that you believe that the injustices should be fought, that now you believe that everybody should fight it the way you're fighting it, right? And that, that, that is ignorant, 
uh, and it's and, and it's unfair uh, to people who are fighting in their own way. You know, so I, I wanted to say that first and foremost, we cannot uh, disrespect or disregard uh, the way people decide, you know, to fight. You know, and as long as individuals are a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, we can't um, we we can't we we can't say how they should go about doing that. All right. Uh, the other thing I want to say that I think is very important, see, is that people have to understand that, you know, like you said, man, I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. Somebody asked me, E.T., what are you going to do vocally? I'm not going to do anything vocally. All right. I'm not going to do anything vocally. That's not. And when I say vocal, see, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, how uh, what they mean vocally, like the platform, like me getting on YouTube or getting on, you know, some other social media platform and talking about what I'm going to do. It's not necessary. You know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And so, again, since I was 13 years old, I was a part of a voter registration initiative. My mother had me not only involved in that initiative, but I was also studying candidates and understanding how I could use my vote and encouraging other people to vote to bring about change. You know, uh, when I was in college, I started a, a personal and spiritual development program that lasted over 10 years. As a matter of fact, it's still going on at the university level now. You know, after that, see, I was teaching a GED program and helping some disadvantaged students get their GEDs and then going off to college, you know. Came to Michigan State, we run an Advantage program, an initiative that helps kids from the inner city uh, matriculate uh, and, um, and, and uh, graduate from the university level. Now uh, we're in a position where we have interns every year, where we're giving jobs, you know. So, guys, we've been, we've been doing this thing, and not, not just one injustice. For those of you who are not familiar with TGIM, which is a weekly motivational series, that, that was actually birthed after the economy went down, after uh, people lost their jobs in Detroit when the unemployment rate was sky high in our communities. We, we came out with TGIM to address that particular issue. So we haven't just jumped on one issue. All, all the issues that are revelant, are, revelant, are, revelant, are revelant to the people that, you know, we're trying to... Uh, assist in this country we've been doing it you know so for, so when I read those you know what are you doing vocally E I'm like bro, we got interns we're giving people jobs we're connecting people with major networks we're connecting them with uh, kids who want to be agents with the NBA and the NFL we're educating you know we're, we're changing lives so, which is what we do uh, I, I just, you know what I'm saying like which that, is what my point was is like that's our gift like that's what we're mm -hmm. sweet at like that's where we're LeBron James you know what I'm saying like that is what we are supposed to be doing, and that's how we're supposed to be using our gift. My point to whoever's listening and, and beyond is, what is your gift, and what can you do? Yeah, and what are you doing? For the solution, see? For the solution. For the solution. And, and listen, and, and I'm everybody, gonna say this too. and I'll say it again, everybody has to play a role in this. Everybody. Hey, re really quick. E, hey, I know you're still going, but I saw one post. Of course, you know, everybody was writing you this and that and that. And I saw one post that stuck out to me, and it was this one guy, and he said, simply, he was like, I think that we should do, again, still in the concept of education, but he simply said, I think the, the line of work that police are in, I don't think people realize how traumatic it is. And I was like, okay, this dude is thinking different. Let me just kind of read what he's saying. He's saying, at the end of what he said was, the, 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 the whole punchline was, he thinks that after so many months or maybe a year or two years, three years, whatever, you know, is the, the right time frame, 
police should have some kind of detox, the officers, because you could just imagine they're going through a lot. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't imagine the kind of stuff that they're seeing on a day to day basis. Now, no excusing, you know, if, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Don't get me wrong. But he was saying, I was just geeked that somebody was giving us a, a potential solution. Absolutely. Like, why are not asking a series of questions? Well, not well, yeah, asking no, questions. And I think, I mean, even deeper than that, though, Carl, I'm saying initially, the problem that I feel like we're having is you have people policing a community in which they don't belong or have never, you know, come from, right? True. And yeah. so you don't belong yeah. to that particular community. So let's just say I'm a white officer and I, you know, haven't really spent much time around, you know, black people or the black community for that matter. You, you don't know and understand the community in the way that an officer would have had they been in the community on a regular basis and know the community, right? And so what mm -hmm. happens is we say, I, I see people all the time saying, we need more African-American police in the African-American neighborhoods. Well, the problem is it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy now that there are no black kids that want to be police officers because the, the relationship with the police and the black community is so damaged. So who grows up saying they want to be a police officer anymore if, if you don't view the police in a favorable light? Right. We don't have that. And so what we need is we need retraining on these type of things. I saw a post that said, you know, this is how different, you know, the, the, the first initial incident might have went had it been a community police officer who knew the area when they said, you know, Alton is outside, you know, or somebody's outside this particular store selling CDs. You know, they're saying he's acting erratically. Please go check on it. What if the officer would have radioed back and said, hey, I'm on my way over there. That's Alton. He's cool with the guy who owns the store, usually a pretty mild-mannered dude. Let me go over here and check this out. How different do you think that situation might have played out? Like, why didn't these officers know him if he stood outside of that store every single day, all day, they said, selling his CDs? The owner was cool with that, but yet the police apparently never saw this guy before. And so... When you don't have the, the, the type of interactions with the community, then that leads to hostile situations when you have people who don't understand each other dealing with each other at that heightened sense. And then you have a white officer who the only time he gets called is to bad situations. Like, I don't know if they call 911 and say, hey, you know, this kid just got an academic award down at the preschool. You hurry up and get down right. here. It's always yeah. like, yo, my man's got a gun. He got a knife. They about to shoot. They about to kill. They about to stab. Somebody got raped. And it's all of these bad things. And that's the only experience you have with that community. So now every time you run into a situation, whether it be life threatening or not, you're on life threatening alert and you're mm -hmm. making hostile decisions that don't make sense. So I, so I think it is a systemic issue from the start of the issue. And that is just something that has to be addressed. And y'all know I get passionate about it, right? And, and, and to those listening, most of you know, I, I just, you know, racism to me, I mean, I'm going to just be real. It's the craziest thing in the world, just being half white and half black. My mom is white. My dad is black. I'm close to my white side of the family. I mean, super close and close to my black side of the family. Although I do identify as a black man in America, I do have a dual experience just in terms of, you know, family atmosphere. But obviously, you know, the way I'm seen through the world is as a black male. And the thing that, you know, we must understand is, yo, like for everybody listening to me, listen, racism is real. There are people who are still racist, which is the craziest thing in the world to me. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. 
but the racism still exists and there are people who still don't like people because of the color of their skin in 2016 it is not a myth i said before on the podcast that if you're white you don't get to decide whether racism racism is real or not and the reason you don't get to decide is because you don't have the experience and there's no way to recreate that experience for you right and now it's the craziest thing to me because think about this guys my grandmother who is a German Catholic white woman, she's dead now. My grandmother was nervous about my mom dating my dad and was upset by it. And not necessarily because she was racist, although she obviously you know, wasn't thrilled about the situation, but because she was worried about what people would think about her daughter marrying a black man and, and, and how the world would view them and how tough they were gonna have it. Right. And I remember before my grandmother passed, I remember my grandmother apologizing to my dad and saying, wow, I'm closer to you than I am all my own kids. And my grandma had, you know, 10 kids. And she was saying, I'm closer to you than I am to my biological sons. And I'm so sorry for ever feeling like this. And so we have a situation in this world where it is real. Like what the, 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 the things that blacks are in African-Americans in this country are feeling are real. Like I told the story, like, Yo, I've been pulled over and had guns drawn on me for absolutely no reason. I have as a black male in this country. Now, has it happened every single time I got pulled over by the police? Absolutely not. But there are real experiences that people are going through and they're threatened by these things. And that's why if you if you disagree with it, I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. If you disagree with it, you have to do your part in whatever you can do to stand up against it. E, if I'm not mistaken, when the social rights, uh, uh, civil rights movement happened, things really went to another level when it was caught on TV, some of the injustices, and then a lot of the white people started to step in and be like, yo, this is getting ridiculous. We don't agree with this. And things went to another level after that. So if you're sitting around saying, wow, you know, th they're really going through it and this seems really bad, you have to be able to step up and just do your part in your own space. I'm not telling you you have to get on you know, TV and go, you know, give a big speech. But I'm saying whatever you can do in your space, whatever your gift is, use that. And here's what I'm saying. See, again, I'm, I know I'm a little older than a lot of these young people who are questioning me about, you know, being vocal. But listen to me. This is not new. Now, it may be new to you. Right, right. Because you saw it on Facebook, because you saw it on Instagram, because you saw it on Twitter. This is something that is a part of the American experience, right? right? And, and I say the American experience because I've been to Australia and, 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 and it's not a reality in Australia. I've been to Canada. It's not a reality in Canada. But what I'm saying to those of you who are, who are questioning people, number one, do your part and then do me a huge favor. Don't do your part during this time frame. Only. If you're going to, if, if you're, if you're going to do something, do it. Do it for the next uh, 365 days. Do it for the next five years. Do it for the next 10 years. And I'm not bragging, but I have been working over 20 years to help create solutions for this problem. So, so, so uh, excuse me if I'm not as vocal 
but I can show you kids who've graduated from high school and who've graduated from college and who are now in the professional realm, who work with President uh, in the cabinet with per President Barack Obama, kids who are in the NFL, in the NBA, kids who are working at your local um, rental car or local high schools or middle schools. We can show you the young people who we've provided programs, initiatives for, and who are now productive citizens right now in the United States of America. So do me a favor. Don't, don't do this for six months and question me. And I've been doing it for over 20 years. Don't, don't, don't look for my comments on Instagram. My comments will happen uh, in the office where we're helping these interns. My, my, my vocalness will happen uh, when I'm invited to speak to police and to the military. See, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying go on YouTube. We, we, we have been invited to the military. We've been invited to talk to police officers. Like this isn't something we just started doing because it became important to you today. This has been important to me since I was 13, 14 years old. Yeah, no doubt, man. And I think, you know, as we go through this, man, the, the more people that stand up and say, yo, this is not right, you know, it, it, it's the, the, the further we'll be along in the mission. And, you know, like I said, man, for me, just the craziest experience. Like, can you imagine people being racist towards you when you half white and half black? You know what I mean? Like, imagine the feeling I get, like, you know, you know my, and this is like, this is why I say it's real. Like my brother had picked me up from the airport and this was like, you know, a couple years ago. And we picked me up from the airport and we're driving down 96, headed back to Lansing. And there's a, uh, a police officer who's got somebody pulled over on the side of the road and on the right hand shoulder. So of course, you know, you get over to the left hand lane, it's two lanes. We get over to the left hand lane to give them, you know, more space, a little bit more buffer room on that side. And the guy, and, and the police officer is walking back to his cruiser and I see him look dead at us. You know, you rubberneck a little bit when you see somebody got pulled over. Hey, what are they doing? What happened? You know, whatever. And I'm looking and we like, he looked at me and I looked at him and we saw each other and we kept driving. I didn't think anything of it. And about maybe two minutes later, literally, he pulls us over. He's up and I'm, I'm looking at my brother. I'm like, he's like, yo, I got the crew set at 70. Speed limit 70 miles an hour. And we both had our seatbelts on. I'm like, yo, what's the deal? My man approaches my side of the car, super aggressive, like, where are you going? Where you headed? I'm like, whoa, what? I'm like, bruh, relax. He's like, where, where are you coming from? I was like, my brother just picked me up from the airport. And so he was like, do you know why I pulled you over? And I was like, no, I honestly don't. He was like, you have a crack in the windshield. And, I, and I'm not even going to front. Like I said, I don't condone anybody doing this, but I let my man have it. Like I literally, I, I was so hurt. I was like, bruh, you mean to tell me we're going 70 miles an hour, two lanes away on the freeway in the middle of the day. And you saw a tiny crack like this in the windshield. My man was like, that's why I pulled you over. It's illegal to have that license and registration, everything we gave. Him, mind you, we gave him all of our stuff. He came back to the car and I, I let him have a piece of my mind. Like I literally, you know, let my man have it. I was like, yo, I, I, I took it. You know what I'm saying? You hate to be that dude, but I took it like I have a master's degree from Michigan State University. You know what I mean? I let my man have it. And, um, you know, he was like, well, how am I supposed to know? For all I know, you could have been on your way to the Capitol to blow the uh, Capitol building up. I was like, wow. But that is the type of mentality I'm talking about. And you guys understand something. I'm the president of a multimillion dollar company. We have built a, a, a company that's impact millions of people across the globe. I've been to Australia three times. We've toured in London. Like, do you understand? Like, and I'm getting profiled in this manner. Like, so imagine kids who come from a different community 
and don't have a voice at all, imagine the way in which they're being treated. I'm being treated like this in my hometown where I'm like kind of a prominent figure. I'm not saying I'm a huge deal, but a big enough. And I'm being treated in this way. And so, like I said, like it's real, guys. That's the thing that people need to know. It is real. No, like nobody's making up injustices. Like, I'm, like I said, I have a half white, half black experience fully. I have no reason to try to play up anything. And that's not the only time it's happened. So, like I said, for me, I guess if more people would step up and acknowledge it, and I think, you know, because we have come so far, I think a lot of people think, okay, it's gone. You know, obviously blacks can come in the restaurant and sit next to me and they can sit at the front of the bus and it doesn't, you know what I mean? So the, the super overt might be gone in a certain way and people think, okay, we don't need to do anything any anymore. But the reality of the situation is there are still injustices that persist in our community that we have got, we have got to as a community, everybody together say, Yo, this is wrong and we're not standing for it. And so, um, yeah, if you guys got anything else, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend the whole podcast. No, no, you know, I'm I good. I could go 10 podcasts straight. Oh, yeah, no, but that's, no. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's neither here nor yeah, there. No, I think no, no. it just hits me, guys, just because, yeah. like I said, my experience. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I grew up in Lansing. Lansing, like, for those of you who don't know, look it up. Like, Lansing, my hometown, Lansing, Michigan, is the mixed white black capital of the world. Like, so I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but mulatto, which is, you know, half white, half black. There are more mulatto people in Lansing, Michigan per capita than any other place in the world. And like, yo, I was like, when I read that, I was like, wow, because I remember Candace, you know, she came from Detroit, Detroit, like 99% black. And she was like, she was like uh, volunteering at a, a middle school or a elementary school in Lansing. And she was like, yo. Do you know every single kid in my entire class is brown, like with curly hair? And I was like, welcome to Lansing. And, and so, you know, I grew up in a space where there really was no such thing as racism, to be honest with you. Like, like in my own community, like there wasn't a lot of racism. Like everybody worked for, you know, GM. You know, everybody worked at the plant. Everybody made around the same amount of money. Like it, there wasn't this huge um, dichotomy that, you know, persists in some of these other communities. So... Growing up like that, having white neighbors, black neighbors, white family, Christmas parties, black family, like I never saw a color like that. So when I got outside of that environment and those things started to happen to me and I said, whoa, like the rest of the world is not like this place. There's some things wrong. And, you know, those things are still wrong, man. And um, yeah, so whatever so you can do. You're taking me back. You, I was going to say, see, I mean, just to recap, you're taking me back, see, because, I mean, you could understand the perspective that I have growing up in Barbados. Mm -hmm. It's a 99.9% black country. I remember a couple of kids except coming the tourists. down. Except the tourists. You know what I'm saying? Literally, except mm -hmm. the tourists. I remember seeing, literally, I could probably count on my hand the amount of white kids at our school. But we, it was, you never even knew that they were a white kid. Like, it was just n such a non-issue so imagine me transitioning to up here, and I'll share one story, see, because you took me back there. I was walking Saturday afternoon outside, it's beautiful summer day in Michigan. I'm walking. There's an overpass that was kind of close to the apartment that I stayed at, and I'm walking down there just, you know, just enjoying the nice afternoon. And I promise you guys, it's the weirdest, I just had this weird feeling about me. I'm like, you know what, I'm going home, literally. I'm like, you know what, let me just turn around and go home. I was, I was probably about 15 minutes from, from where I lived. I hear a police car, like I hear the siren coming. And I, I can't, that intuition, I got this feeling like, yo, something's weird, like what's happening? 
Like, I just got this feel like, yo, this police siren has something to do with me. I have no idea what's happening, but I can't see the car. I can hear it, but I'm going through all these emotions. And again, you got to understand, like CJ saying, we're in Lansing. So it's like, it's, it's just so weird. This is probably like 10 years ago. I am walking and this cop jumps out of the car. He, I mean, he pulls up, comes down, siren blaring, pulls up, jumps out the car, literally pushes me on the front of the car, makes me put my hands behind my back. And he asked me, what am I doing? And I'm just clueless right now. Like, of course, intimidated. I'm not used to this. So I'm completely intimidated. I'm like, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm walking. And he, this, the most aggression that I've felt from somebody that I've never met. I never been in no fights or nothing like that. For real, for real. My brother was older, so like he fought all the fights. I could just sit there and watch. But like this one was, it was like that level of aggression. Like, I'm like, yo, what's happening? A second cop car pulls up and a lady jumps out. Now he's talking to me and he's asking me questions and I'm answering, you know, to the best of my, my ability and I'm just trying to figure out what is happening. So the lady jumps out. He tells me, do not move. He jumps back into the car. He takes my ID and he's, of course, you know, doing whatever. He's looking up, whatever. I asked the lady like, yo, what's happening? She says to me, somebody radioed in that it looks like there's a jumper uh, over on the, uh, the overpass. And that that's the report we heard, so we just came to check oh, it wow. out. Oh, wow. But here, here go my thing. Goodness Do you understand? If I was about to jump, that's a, that's a hell of a way to treat a man who's about to jump off the bridge. Like I'm about to jump off right, a bridge and you come at me, me with that level of aggression. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? All right. So I'm like, for yo, me, I'm you can understand. come with the TLC. It's the weirdest dynamic for me to think about it. And, and back to what you said. See, I think... Just just training is just, I, I don't know how you would go about doing it. And well, here's here's one other question I got to ask you guys. What are the criteria for becoming a police officer? Yeah, when, and, and, and again, that's huge. That's something we could be talking about forever. But I did hear someone recently say that the criteria for a doctor, the criteria for a lawyer, you know, is super duper intense. And that for whatever reason in our country, it's not equipped, it's not equal, it's not equivalent, not equal to, it's not greater, you know, and that is definitely something. But I, I go back to this, guys, because again, like you guys know, I'm a solution-oriented person. I go back to this. For those of you who have felt the injustice in every any way you felt it vicariously through someone, you've personally experienced it, this is why we have to be in it for the long haul. Because anytime you talk about changing a paradigm or culture, that's anything, football. Uh, corporate America, uh, in your personal life, you know, uh, and, 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 and uh, a world issue, you know, or an American issue is not something that's going to happen in a week or two weeks or three weeks. You know, uh, it's something that is going to require time. Now, I will say this, though, and I'm going to be honest, and I know some people, you know, will, will probably debate me, but we have had some progress and we will continue to have progress. Remember what I told you, where you're Focus goes, your energy flows. And we know countless of students who would not have graduated from Michigan State University had we not had our program. You know, we know um, thousands upon thousands of people who've watched TGIM and have been inspired to go back and get their degree, go back, fought cancer, you know, fought depression and suicide. So, so what we cannot do is allow the actions of those individuals who are not you know, or who do not have our mindset and who do not understand life as we know it, 
We cannot allow them to make us look at everything as a dark cloud and nothing positive is happening and there's no hope and you know what? No, we cannot. We there. Let me tell y'all something. We have a we have a, 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 a number of people out there, you know, who do not represent a number of people who uh, do not understand our vision and, you know, ahead of our direction. But we believe that so much has happened since we could just tell you as 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 a company, a minority company, we'll just tell you how blessed we are and what opportunities we've had, you know, with C uh, going to college, uh, Carl being able to go to college. I'm able to go our my children, you know, so we, we do want you to be hopeful. We don't want people to, um, you know, to think that there is no light at the end of the tunnel, that we're not going to be able to get through this that this is too devastating, that it, here we go again. No, uh, in, the, in, the, in the words of Dr. Martin Luther King and in the words of the Negro spiritual, we have, you know, in many regards overcome. Do we have some more overcoming to do? Absolutely, we do as a country. But from this ETA family, listen to me, do not give up, do not give in. If you are a solution-oriented person, just don't give me six weeks to a month. Let's continue to fight as long yeah. as there's breath in yep. your nostrils. And I still believe, E, that, that, that most and police officers and people alike, humans alike, I still believe in the good of all humans. Most Absolutely. police officers yeah. are great police officers and really intend yeah. to do their job at a high level and care about people and respect people and all of those things. And to all those people who saying, oh, forget the police, all of that, like for real. The actions of a few cannot dictate what you feel about them as a whole. Just like you don't want when one bruh go in and rob a store and acting Absolutely. crazy. Just like you don't want them to say, that's how all black males are. We can't turn around and do the same thing to the police when uh, some bad apples, you know, make some bad choices and then put that all on them. We can't do it. Like, like, like be for real. So... Um, e, I, I love what you said there for real. We, we are optimistic. We're just a glass half full kind of kind of company, yeah. kind of people. And we're going to keep pushing forward, man, and, and trying to spread see. light and being yeah, positive yeah, as yeah. we can. And um, so, yeah, man, that's that's it. I think that'll wrap it up for that, guys. We still have, you know, some things that we want to get to. Um, you know, I had a ton of stuff. You know, now that we missed a week, uh, we got to jump into some other stuff. But um, each one teach one, each one reach one. You know what I mean? Keep let's keep pushing this thing forward, man. Be positive, spread love. Um, real quick, let's go to let's jump into ask et a little early. Um, we have a ton of questions, you know, in the inbox because it you know built up over two weeks. But let's go to ask et and ask et is uh, brought to you by breatheuniversity.com. Uh, of course, you guys know what we're doing at BU. Just some amazing things. Um, we are literally going to the next level. Carl, light speed, how, how long, what's the update? Give us the update on when we gonna even go to another level. Hey, we are less than, potentially less than a week away. We got one or two little things we are working on, but potentially less than a week away from the biggest upgrade Boom! that we've done as a company. So I'm telling y'all, if you if if you thought about BU last year or the year before, I'd have excused you. But now we got two two years in the game, and I'm telling you, we understand oh, it. We, hitting our we know what we're doing, and we hitting that stride, and we putting we putting our own money up in it. So I'm telling oh, y'all, yeah. this. Now listen, yeah, man, yeah. I'm gonna just get some testimonials for one of these podcasts, so y'all can hear the people who are going to the next level in their business life, entrepreneurial life, man. We bringing in experts from all over the place. It's crazy. Um, so check us out at breatheuniversity.com. Carl, is the promo code still valid? 
We still going B U special, all lowercase. Letter B, letter U special. All lowercase, and you get uh, what is it, fifty percent off the first month? Yes, sir. All right, so go check that out at breatheuniversity.com. Also, really quick to note, uh, ATL Atlanta. We are live August sixth. Please, please, please join us August sixth. And listen, if you've never been to a conference, or if you've been and you want to come again. This would be a great conference for you to come to. Why? Because we're doing the walk run 5K in the morning with Patchwork Studios. You guys know the studio that produced the Dr. Thomas album. We're doing a 5K for charity. So if you want to get your run on with ET, he said he gonna run it in about 15 minutes, three miles. He going five minute miles straight. So if you think you could beat ET out, the new and improved ET, Let's he going 15 it. minutes uh, on the 5K. But August yeah, 6th, okay. listen to me, August. Well, whose body, huh? see? <laughs> well, whose oh, body? I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't say all that. If you got, if you have a standing <laughs> runner, then you, that's what you got. But I'm letting you know you said 15. Um, so okay, August okay. 6th, guys, in Atlanta, Georgia, tickets are on sale right now. If you go to our website, etinspires.com, um, you get a discount off of the admission to our conference that evening if you uh, purchase um, the tickets in the combo pack with that and the 5K. There's a discount on the tickets, but we will be August 6th. I think it's 8 o'clock in the morning. We're going to do the 5K. You're going to run it for whoever you feel the need to run it for. It's going to be amazing. And then that evening, we're going in with the conference. We're going to be bringing you guys some, some great information on the Average Skill Phenomenal Wheel tour conference stop is going to be crazy. Make sure you come out. Atlanta is an easy airport to fly into, usually some really cheap flights. So if you've been waiting on us to come to your city and we have not been there yet, fly into Atlanta, do the 5K with us. If you're saying there's no way I can do a 5K, it's only three miles, you could walk it. You know, I'll probably be walking. And guys, don't think I'm lazy. My wife just had the baby. We can't run yet. So we're going to walk the 5K. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, hold on. Y'all think I got ill like intentions the excuse, behind that. Hold up. I like the excuse. Hold up. Am I sensing hey, a, little, a, a, no, a, a no. little disbelief here? No, no. I, I got to leave my family, bro. Hey, I'll, I'll walk with your family if you run. I got you. No, no, you no. I don't need, you can go it. ahead and run, Carl. You go ahead and run. <laughs> I got Trey in the stroller, Avery in the stroller, and Candace. So listen, man. ATL, if you want to come out, my family will be there, Carl's family, each family. We're going to do the 5K in the morning. I did the 5K last year. It was phenomenal. Kurt and the guys over at Patchwork did a great job setting it up. Nice sponsorships. Uh, afterwards, you know, we had some food, you know, refreshments, whole nine. So just come hang out with us um, in Atlanta that morning and then be ready for a dynamic conference that evening. We look forward to seeing you there August 6th. Those tickets are available at etinspires.com. Let's jump into the segment everybody knows and loves, Ask ET. E.T., what do you think about Kevin Durant joining the mm, Golden mm, State mm. Warriors? Should we just mail mm, it in? Mm, Is, mm. Should we not even watch the NBA <laughs> next season? Uh, I, I will be real with y'all. Y'all going to laugh at me, but I promise you, it didn't, it didn't really move me like that. I've seen this before. You know, the mailman, the glove. Oh, no. Yeah, you I got to stop you there. Lakers. Let me say something. <laughs> the mailman was more like the snail man by the time he got to the lake. He was about you know four. what I'm, I'm just saying? The see, glove had turned into the mitten by the time he got there. I've seen this with... Yeah. KD I've is still in his prime. Though. I'm going to need you to take that back. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it with the Atlanta Hawks back in the day. I, I've seen it happen before, and I, I just believe this is why you play the game. You know, they went 73-9 and nine this year and was supposed to win it all. 
you know, and for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying, that didn't happen. So I wasn't really moved by it. You know, maybe if they win the championship, I might be. And I don't even know that him coming is why, like, I think if they had kept the team they had, they still had a chance. You know, people, I, 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 people kill me, you know, with, like, current events. Like, bro, they lost to, the Cleveland lost to them a year before. They lost to Cleveland this year. It, it, both of them game six, game seven. Like, it, it wasn't a big disparity between the two teams. So I didn't think they needed to make a trade and they still had a chance to go back and try to, you know, the thrill in Manila. He go the third one. Who going to win the third one? So I don't know that I believe KD going over there is the answer. So we'll see, though. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really well, impressed. Two things, I will say this. Two things for me. I will say this, though. Uh-huh. See, I'm pissed at Stephen A. Smith. You know, I don't think you had a right to call nobody a punk or soft. You know, KD paid his dues. And it wasn't illegal what he did. You know, it is is not dishonorable. Yeah, what I don't he did. agree. With, I don't. I don't think so either. E, but you don't have a little concern about the team that just beat you, like like. So this. Let I me don't. hold on, Carl. Let me let me draw this illusion, right? So let's yeah, say I don't. we we going for title of the number one speaker in the world with Tony Robbins. We up against Tony, right? It's us, Tony. Tony, us. We get up a couple games. Tony and them come through, beat us in a dramatic seven game series, and then we like shoot. We got to go back to training camp. You know, we hurt, man. Shoot, we should have beat Tony and them. We got right there, came down to the last very second. And me being, you being the, the number one man, so we'll say me. Let's say I say, yo, Ed, man, I appreciate all these years of love and support. I'm about to go join Tony Robbins' squad. <laughs> y'all, you and Carl, man, it's been real. I love y'all. You know, I know we was right there for number one. But I'm about to go over there and, and join Tony's squad, see if they'll have me on as a brand consultant. And um, I love y'all, man. It's been a great 10 years. I'm out of here. You don't think that there's something wrong with that? I don't. I'll, be, I'll tell you this. I think it's something wrong if we do it because of the culture that we bought into. But come on, man. Everybody trying to act like LeBron didn't do it. KG didn't do LeBron it when he went had, to Boston. LeBron was playing with me, you, and Carl when he left. It, it don't you know make what I'm a saying? difference. He had trying to, trying to, they had a yeah. squad. Yeah, but you're trying to make it like that make a difference. So what we had a squad. We had a squad when we went to the Right, but I'm saying you no, 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 no. I'm saying though you lost and you had the squad intact to come back and compete. But I but I lost four I went four years ago and lost, and it took me almost four years to get back to not even the championship, not even to the NBA finals. I got doggone beat in the Western Conference. You was finals. up three one back. But I, but I was in the NBA Finals and I didn't make it. So what makes me think now I ain't even been back there in four or five years? What makes you think that this team is gonna get me back there again? It's not well, the team. Well, you the, the main finals. guy on the team. You need to be thinking you gonna make it happen. Well, let me just say this. I, and again, in a generation, y'all can make up all these scenarios. KG left and went to a winning squad. LeBron left and went to a winning squad. Nobody talk about what you left, what you went to. You went to a team to win the finals, and you went to Boston and you won one. You was tired of Minnesota. You was tired of Cleveland. You went and you won one. K- so the fact that KD team is better, should that make him stay? No, it should make him stay. He wants to ultimately do the exact same thing that these other dudes have done. That's lead a team to go to a ch- team that's going to get him a better chance to win a championship. I don't know, man. Especially to the team that just beat you, though. That's the thing that Who like cares? you didn't go to like the you, Spurs or nothing. Like you went to the team, y'all was up three one. Like you know how devastated you must have been. Why didn't that just push you to be like, yo, I'm going back in the gym 
And I promise you, I never had this feeling again in life. It's, see, it's not. It, it would be one thing if you said it was. It was like out of the culture. It's what these kids do. They transfer from D1 teams to go to another team. Now, that don't make I it right, though. This, this this generation is what they do. AA team. You got AAU kids who leaving one high school to go. It's a part of the culture now. When I was growing up, Tony Dorsett was with Dallas. Isaiah's was with the Pistons. Nowadays, other than Kobe Bryant and and um, the, Mr. Fundamental Tim Duncan, all these guys are switching. You can't even buy a jersey no more. You can't even <laughs> buy a trading card. They all moving around every doggone year. So KD is not the first one to do it. It's a part of this culture. It's something new that these kids, LeBron even said it. I like to play with this person, this person, this person. They would have never, Isaiah would have never played with Larry Bird. Larry Bird would have never played with Michael Jordan. It's a new brand. I'm not against these kids, but it's a new culture. And they all are going where they have the benefit of winning a championship or making good money and an endorsement. So I can't be mad at my man. He's doing what the rest of them doing. So in, in a weird sense, all it is is that we've just gone to a more selfish society. I mean, bottom line, like I'm going uh, to well, look out for my intention. You didn't that, hear I mean, that's it from what me. it is. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you like this. Me. That one championship LeBron got beat out with, with, with Cleveland that he got. I guarantee it Trump, he could have won 25 rings with Miami and that one he got for Cleveland would have been sweeter. So if so if KD go there next year and win with Golden State, I don't see how you can be fully like, yes, I finally right, did right, it. Yeah. But we I'm a yeah. champion. But we were saying the same thing about LeBron. We were saying the same thing about LeBron when he left to go to Miami. Yeah, absolutely. He, and he came back. back and redeemed himself. So KD, you got four so years KD, to get your butt so back to uh, OKC. And win one for Absolutely. them too. Absolutely. And I'm saying the odds so of that happening is slim to none. Oh, slim but, to but none. The, uh, what, what was the odds of LeBron? Oh, I knew doing he was coming back. It was slim uh, to I, none. I, yeah, I, I, it's not far fetched for LeBron to no. come back. You knew his but heart was still But for him to win a championship, no, I did. I was not was sure they could win the championship because I, I, I mean, you Absolutely. heard about how we talked about Golden State all year. I just didn't think it was possible for them to beat Golden State. But he stepped up and did what he had to do, and they did. So I agree with you on the championship. But I knew he would go back and try to get one for Cleveland because. You can't just leave your hometown devastated like that and never come back. And so he did. But I'm saying like, so E, let me pay this KG is the man. Next year they go on, KG let's say they win the 75 games. They go 75 and 7. Yeah. They run through the yeah. playoffs, and I'm talking about they putting yeah. up 170 a game. Yeah. KD win the yeah. chip. Does he feel yeah. as good winning that chip as he would have if he was in OKC? Absolutely oh, LeBron, not. let me tell you something. LeBron looked like he was enjoying when he was in Miami. He don't look like he was having no issues. But it, we it's not the same. I asked the question. I didn't it's say is he going to be happy. The question was as happy. How happy was LeBron when he won in Miami? I don't think. I, I think if you had. Uh, I think if we had LeBron here right now, say, "Yo, be real. Scale of one to a hundred, the Cleveland championship versus the two Heat boys." He'd probably be like the Heat boys at a five, the Cleveland one at 199. I guarantee you, that one for Cleveland. Why? Because that's where you started. And so it did look like a bit of a shortcut. You know what I'm saying? Miami looked like a bit of a shortcut to the ring. Now, you came back and got it. All is forgiven. But I'm saying, KD, it looked like a shortcut to the ring. If y'all win this year? That, that's the exact thing where, where I have a fault with it, see, because it's the shortcut to success. Now, like he said, ain't nothing illegal. But you're not grinding they all it out. Did the same. It, and by the way, does anybody KG find it ironic it. that the new generation is arguing for the old rules and the old generation <laughs> arguing for the new rules? I just don't know if anybody <laughs> don't listening to the podcast has peeped that out. Doubt. The ET, Mr. <laughs> uh, fire and Brimstone, Iron Cast, yeah. 
uh, Steel Man is now saying it's cool for the team jumping. I'm yeah, just no. saying that we've been doing it since KG, and everybody's like, KG the man, he won, but he did the same thing. He brought over great players. I, I, and e, they I won can't the even agree. E, yes and no, E, because KG is different because he put ye- how many years was he in Minnesota first? How many years was KD in OKC? He was there for nine years. What well, do y'all want no, no, listen to the The level of though. team has to play some type Absolutely. of role. Absolutely. I was going there, see. I was just going there. Yeah, the, who Again, KG had KG compared had to who had KD had? me, you, and Carl in the starting <laughs> five. I'm, I'm factoring that in, bro. Who are you playing with? Okay, if your organization has done absolutely nothing to get a squad around you, then I'm down for you to be like, yo, I, it ain't never going to work here. I got to go. But when you have a team that was up 3-1 on a team that went 73-9 and broke the doggone record and you that close to victory, I need you to come back and make it happen. Now, I'm going to switch focus real quick because we don't want to PTI it out too long. But the first thing that I thought about when they didn't win the ring and or, or when they didn't advance and then when KD said he was gone is something he told me years ago that I didn't believe in when it happened. And that was as much as he got love for Westbrook and KD, he told me years ago they would never win a ring together. Never win a ring together. I remember that. Yeah. And we yeah. had that. And I, I actually was debating E saying, nah, man, you see how cold Westbrook is, KD together. Like, yo, they going to win a ring. And E was like, you can't have two. Say, or the, somebody got to be willing to take that back seat. And um, I don't think anybody ever deferred. And I think that was an issue. And you mm-hmm. might say, oh, D Wade and LeBron played together. But. D-Wade had clearly D-Wade surrendered deferred. the one spot to LeBron when LeBron clearly. came over. Clearly. And there was a clear hierarchy. So, E, I'm, I'm, I got to give you your props in saying that, yo, as much as you love them individually, you never thought it would work as a collective unit. And, and we would always compare it to you, I, and Carl in that, like, yo, E is the clear, undisputed leader of the company. Now, I do a lot. I remember one time, I remember that one time I was speaking (laughs) at the conference, I was going in for like a half hour straight and didn't get a broad of E. And E always be telling me to do that, then I did it. And after the conference, he called me Westbrook, but I'm gonna let that slide. (laughs) But but, but E was always saying like, yo, the reason that we are able to survive is because me and you clearly understand, like, yo, I'm the two man. You know what I mean? Even though I didn't, I never signed up to be a two man. I am definitely the Scottie Pippen on this team. and, And I got and I'm okay in that role, and I understand it, and that's what has allowed us to have that success. Carl coming in, he like, yo, I'm Ibaka, you know what I'm saying, or, or I'm Dennis Rodman. I'm that third man, that Scott, you know, Jordan, no Scotty, and then I'm coming in with Rodman. Carl gonna rebound, he gonna play defense, do all the dirty stuff don't nobody else wanna do, and that's why we have been, you know, had that success as a unit because we don't have the two-headed monster, and you know, that ends up fighting each other sometimes. And I think. The biggest reason KD probably left is because as much as they said, oh, we cool, that's my homie. Yeah, no, we best friends, brothers. Ah, Everybody in the media got it wrong. I think that that tension that you spoke of years ago um, was probably their their greatest undoing at the end. Yeah. Not not to belabor it, see, but Kobe and Shaq. I'm just saying, you you got that as a trick record. Oh, yeah. Flat out. It ain't going to work. It just ain't going to work. Kobe and Shaq. And then if anybody saw the 30 for 30, which I was so late on, but I did want to watch it. I I ended up catching it. The the Orlando Magic one with Shaq and Penny. Same thing happened to them. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so. It just ain't going to work. Yeah, all right, cool. So that's our, that'll, I guess, end our. Oh, and shout out to, did we talk about Denzel getting drafted by the Bulls? Shout out to Denzel. 
Um, I think we did. Yeah, I think we did talk about that. But he got picked up by the Bulls. Um, and so shout out to him and all the Spartans, you know, who made um, the NBA team, Summer League, no whatever. No doubt. Shout out to y'all. No um, let's go to another question. That is from, let's see, Mike in Delaware wants to know, E.T., how are your 2016 goals looking as of now, or now that we're past the halfway point? Wow, man. That's all I can say, man. I'm so proud, you know, of this team. I'm so grateful I don't got to go and get traded off nowhere. <laughs> uh, you know. Hey, we are, uh, hey, we are accepting <laughs> offers, though. If somebody want to put a Tony Robbins or a Les Brown on the market, we're willing to hear what, you, what else you got to offer. We might need a late second round, too. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, man, this has been incredible. This has been an incredible year. And the only thing, it's only one thing that we have not accomplished that we set out to. And it's not because we haven't had a gazillion opportunities. It's just we're not desperate. You know, and we understand our value and we're going to wait it out until we get the best opportunity. So this has been a phenomenal year for my wife's health, a phenomenal year in that I'm an empty nester, you know, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal year in terms of the quality of engagements and the impact that I'm able to have on the world. And like I said, it's all my team, man. You know, all I have to do is get up and speak. They really set the, the table, set the atmosphere. Uh, if you've been watching the TGIMs, listening to the podcast, like this has been the most phenomenal and productive year we've had. I think we've gotten more done in half a year than we've gotten done in a full year in previous years. Yeah, yeah. And I think we, we're starting to catch our stride in, in working smarter. Like, you know, a lot of the, you know, our, our previous years, guys were spent in that exploratory phase. And so we had a lot of a wasted movement, if you will. And now I think like everything that we do, you know, is just having a greater impact. And so I agree with you a thousand percent on that, man. 2016 is it, flying, but I promise you, man, we getting stuff done and um, it's been amazing. Let's see. Um, Henry in the UK wants to know, CJ, are you getting any sleep? How is Miss Avery? Uh, thanks for asking, Henry. Uh, Avery is, is great. She's precious, man. Um, she is, I mean, I don't know, I, she's just, she's an angel. She is, uh, she's sleeping and eating, as babies do. She's three weeks and some change now, and so she's great. Uh, her little brother, on the other hand, is, um, you know, he's the one who kind of, he turning up a little bit. He not still not sure how this dynamic is working in his favor, <laughs> um, but everybody is good, man. Wife is great. Uh, family's good, ready to take them up to Michigan to see the rest of the family here uh, um, for the boot camp next week. Um, so yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Samir in South Africa wants to know, ET, how do you know when it's time to take a vacation? Samir, E lives on vacation. I just told you, bro. I know that's he's, right. He's, home. I know he's that's in the right, Ritz-Carlton recording this podcast <laughs> on the beach right now with, with, with ballet wine service. You know what I'm saying? What, what do you mean, when is it time? He live on vacation. I know that's right. And and I'm hoping one day you will, too. Well, some of us still um, got to do the dirty work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was talking about her. I was talking oh, about her. for sure. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. not, not uh, to think, Eva, remember that quote? No, we saw a quote when we were in Phoenix, I believe, yeah. and it said, live what life on said? vacation, man. Vacation. You can speak yeah. to it, but it changed your perspective just in terms of yeah, being, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Go well, for I, it, Hey, well, I'm trying not to make it a... Uh, theoretic. I'm trying to actually <laughs> practice that joint. Actually, vacationing uh, is for when you completed your goals 
and right, right, right. get out of here. He's you know, been in New York. Yeah. He all in Brooklyn shopping. I <laughs> in Miami on South Beach. Yeah, yeah. No, I would say this to you. Um, you should automatically, when you're younger, like C said, uh, you know, when we were just getting started, it was something that you know wasn't necessarily on our brain. So I, I used to have to force the guys to say, hey, at this particular time, you know, hey, Carl, you might want to go to Barbados or you might want to take your girl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you have to schedule it in, in, in the earlier years, like your formative years of like your career. You got to kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like as you're building your brand and deciding who you are and all of that, you're just not going to have enough time to think about vacation, you know? So while you're forming that company, just say every six months, you know, uh, twice a year, you know, the third quarter, the fourth quarter when things aren't not, you know, and then like for real though, as you are um, establishing your identity and your company is really starting to take off, I think at that point it should really be scheduled in, you know, like it should be a part of your vision statement, you know, it's a, it's a part of your 2000 and, you know, whatever that year is goals. Cause, cause, cause it's important to push the refresh button. You know, it's important. Your only, your, your health Mental, emotional, you're only as good as your mental and emotional health, you know, so you got to take care of yourself. So I, I do believe that um, at least, you know, once or twice a year, you need to do something where you can just get away. And then I believe, you know, for those of you who are new, you should probably just go to maybe a hotel, like a staycation, you know, but find a nice hotel where you and your family can go to and just get away from your house and maybe get away from your like, you know, daily routine. And even if you have to do something in your local town, you can still take a break, get a massage, you know, pedicure, manicure, your wife, whatever, shopping, going out to eat. But just shut everything down, you know, from Friday to Monday, I think would be a good practice. John in Australia said, E.T., do you ever get nervous? You seem so confident all the time. Hey, John, let me tell you uh, something. He called me nervous last week <laughs> when he almost burned the house down. <laughs> Oh, I know that's Yo. right. I know that's right. Yo, E, please tell the people how you almost uh, uh, set your whole house on fire and had to well, cancel an engagement and rush home yeah. with the well, fire I, well, department at the house. Well, I did. I did cancel the engagement. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> he said almost. I did cancel it. Well, almost um, burned the house down. Canceled the engagement. Yeah, absolutely. Almost burned the so, house down. Yeah, so why don't we do this? Because I really do want to get into that whole piece, and I, as a lesson in okay, there. Okay. So why don't we do that? The okay, next we'll save podcast. it for the next one. We'll save it for the next one. All right, I got one more then. So we'll say, hey, so make sure y'all tune in next week to find out how the hip hop preacher almost burned the house <laughs> to the doggone ground. And I am not playing. We have visual proof that Carl can put up on the website. Um, real quick, last question. Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> the last question comes from Muhammad. He says, E.T., what audience would you like to address that you have not had a chance to address yet? Hmm, interesting question. Yeah, I thought that was a real good question. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to um, address my uh, Latino um, you know, community in Spanish. I took courses when I was in college, and I always felt in my spirit that that was something that I needed to master and I didn't, you know, uh, I did what I had to do to finish, you know, school, get a good grade in that course. Um, but I really didn't, you know, I didn't want 20 that. I'm going to be honest. I didn't want 20 that. And it's something that haunts me even today. You know, I'm constantly thinking about 
the opportunity that I had to learn the language and not knowing what I know now when I worked at Michigan State University. I'm in Miami, like CJ says, a lot of work that I do. Shout out to the Latino community. Um, I have, man, you talk about believing in our brand and philosophically, you know, holding true to 120 in the grind. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, so I do regret that I didn't learn the language because I think I would have a much closer relationship, you know, with a lot of the students that I work with, you know, if I would have embraced, you know, the language fully. So uh, if I get that opportunity one day, that would mean I had learned to speak the language fluently. So that's the, that's probably the population, how long to, the loan to speak to one day that I haven't had a chance to. And I know, of course, you know that there are kids who, and people, you know, from, you know, Cuba or people from Mexico or people from Spain, even though that's a different, you know, dialect, whatever, that I have spoken to who speak English, but I'm saying in their native uh, tongue, I haven't been able to do that. And that's one of my dreams. Hmm. Good answer to a good question. All right. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, we're going to wrap it up here and get into ET's nugget of the day. Uh, again, guys, you know how we do, man. We appreciate all your feedback. Go online, leave us a review at iTunes, man. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Leave those five stars for us so we can get that ranking up. Uh, we're trying to do it the, the right way, you know, and keep giving y'all this, this fresh heat every week, man. And we we're hoping you're enjoying it. We're hoping, you know, it helps you get through your day, man. Thank you for all your, your, your testimonials and feedback and emails and reviews where you're saying, hey, I listen to you guys on my way to work listen to you guys on the bus, on, on, you know, whatever, at the gym. Shout out to everybody listening at the gym, you know, right now. So we just appreciate all the good feedback. If you guys can go leave us that review, that would help us out tremendously. Also, remember this podcast was brought to you by BreatheUniversity.com, the training system that the three minds that you listen to every week have come up with. Carl said in seven to ten days, we're going to have a brand new system. It's going to be crazy. We look forward to seeing you guys on there and connecting with us on the phone, connecting with us, you know, the entrepreneurs that we bring on, the business opportunities that, you know, the BU students have. We look forward to doing all that. And, of course, we look forward to seeing you August 6th in ATL for that 5K in the morning and the Average Skill Phenomenal Wheel Conference that night. With that being said, E.T., take us out of here with hey, that. Hey, see, what up, though? I was yeah, just going to say you was going to I, I got you, you early you was going to get some you. BU stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Well, I was going to ask you. Sorry, yeah, I might have messed up. I was going to ask you. See, don't do them like that. It's about 16 podcasts where E was calling out for Serena, and we didn't give him oh, a chance to say nothing. My bad. Yeah, Ooh. we can't We can't do like that, E. So I hear what you said. I e. thought he, he was going to roll that into his that. nugget of the day. Oh, he might have to now. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I didn't oh, know if he was going to talk about his little bumblebee at, in the <laughs> nugget of the day. No, no, I definitely wasn't going to do that, but I, I do want to oh, say. Oh, yeah, please. Like, I had a nice little rollout, you know, to end the show, but I got you. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and take it back. I ain't tripping. Yeah. Hey, I got all day, baby. <laughs> I know that's right. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, man, no, for real. I just want to, first of all, just, man, mad shout out, you know. Can um, we just say that she didn't need you after all? We thought, you know, we were calling for it. Can we say that first before oh, we start man. this soliloquy? I'm so, and, and I'm so grateful that she didn't. Um, I promise you I'm so grateful. Y'all know my, man, y'all know my love, man. But let me say this, man. Richard Williams. Shout out to Richard Williams. We cannot, you know, overlook the visionary. We cannot overlook, and I'm talking to all my fathers out there, you know, all my parents out there. This did not start with Serena. This did not start with Venus. This started with Richard Williams, who had a dream that his daughters 
would dominate. They would dominate the tennis world. And he did just that. You know, shout out to Venus, who, pos who positioned her sister, who prepared her sister for this greatness, you know, and had it not been for Venus, Serena probably wouldn't have been here. You know, so mad shout out to her sister being there to support her. When you talk about taking that second role, you've never seen jealousy or NVC. You've never seen disdain come from Venus. She always talked well of her sister, always did whatever she could to put her in the best position. You know, shout out to the Williams sisters, you know, playing each other, you know, in the majors. Never, never done on the level that they've done it. Uh, Serena, uh, both of them have gone through medical challenges and Venus has bounced back from her medical challenges to be the oldest uh, tennis player to ever play in the um, quarterfinals and the uh, semifinals, you know, of a Wimbledon, you know, shout out for all of her victories. And then, man, for Serena, oh, man finally getting it done and I know she was saying like the 22 is not the goal and I feel her 100% but I'm so grateful she did it USA Steffi Graf is not you know a US citizen so you know so shout out to Serena bringing it home the year of the Olympics you know and uh, I'm just so proud of the family the family is there you know the family supports sisters nephews mom dad has supported all these years and then, man, shout out to Beyonce, man. You know, one strong sister coming and support another strong sister, you know, and being there uh, during the time, you know, she won the Wimbledon and just showing up to the actual games. Um, and so, man, I just want to just the Williams family, just, man, mad shout out. Um, and then, of course, many of you seen the, um, the, the BBC um, video that they put together where Serena is doing Maya Angelou's, you know, I Rise. You know, and so just shout out to her, man, what a, what a, man, this, this is for the USA. This is for every kid from Saginaw, Michigan, from Compton, you know, every little, um, you know, African-American girl who um, is breaking, you know, breaking into an industry that perhaps uh, initially they did, they weren't there in numbers. I mean, this speaks volumes to so many different, for women, you know, this just speaks volumes, man. So shout out to Serena. I know 22 is not the end. I know that at some point she's going to get that 23, that 24, that 25. And I'm also believing that Venus, you know, is going to continue to dominate as well. And then congratulations to them for winning the doubles, the, doubles, the women's boy, doubles, yeah. you know, in, in, um, you know in, in the Wimbledon, man. So The, the doubles yeah, man, ain't even so fair. Can we just them, say man. that? Like, they might well yeah, cancel nah, the doubles. For real. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, be for real. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. I watch the doubles like, oh, they don't stand a chance. They like moving in unison, like they connected at the brain. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no doubt. Definitely shout out to Serena. I ain't mean to forget Serena, but listen, if you want to get to that 23, I know who you need to call. You know what I'm saying? For no, sure you ain't gonna hit that 23 without my boy. No, no, no. She can for do it sure you me. ain't gonna do 23. Do now you got 22. <laughs> I ain't say you wasn't gonna get 22. Yeah. But for sure you ain't gonna get 23 yeah. without the hip hop preacher. So no doubt. Congrats. Nah, she'll get 24, uh, 25. Hey, yeah. um, E, get us out of here on this uh, nugget of the day. I hear my, my daughter making some yeah. noise, so I'm gonna go do some yeah, fatherly just, duties just if a, you don't mind. Yeah, just just a question. You know, just a question. You know, I just wanna do, go a little in a different direction today. But how long are you gonna hold on to a sinking ship? You know? I'm speaking to somebody out there, you know, you 
you, you just don't value yourself in the way you should value yourself. You know, you are accepting things that you shouldn't accept. You know, maybe relationships or, you know, you're, 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 you're in a profession that you just don't value yourself that you shouldn't be in, you know. It's a sinking ship. When are you going to let go? You know, when are you going to let go? When, when are you going to realize that you are a royal priesthood, that you're a chosen generation? When are you going to realize, you know, that you are you're a queen or a king? Like, when are you going to return to your dominance? Or when are you going to accept your dominance? Like, when are you going to let go of that lack mentality? And it's like, it's always this person is, you know, successful, that person, but not me. And so it's just, woe is me, and I'm just going to stay in this place. When, 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 when are you going to let go? When are you going to let go of that sinking ship and just let that sucker go down and you rise? You rise to the occasion. You rise to the level that you were destined to rise to. You know, so it's your boy E.T. Like I said, I'm going in a different direction. I want you to just go find a mirror right now. Go find a mirror. Like, don't play yourself. Don't, don't try to escape this one. Go look in the mirror and ask yourself, how long will I hold on to this sinking ship? And I hope the answer is not long. Appreciate that, E.T. As always, the nugget of the day, man. Go to breatheuniversity.com. Go leave us that review on iTunes. We out of here. We'll see you next week. I want you to focus on here right now. Don't you worry about when you get home. You make this, you concentrate.